College basketball fans, what's going on? I'm Timmy Hall. He's evil, bald Colin. Evil, I need this today. I don't know why. I'm having a sucky day. And that can't happen in March. I was about to say, it's a Friday in March. Yeah. <laughs> that's, that's pretty bad. I, I don't know what to say, man. It's just, it's like, I got Fred Durst in me. It's just one of those days when I don't want to wake up. Everything is, everybody sucks. I just, I don't know. I don't know why, but you want to justify ripping someone's head off. And the, the Missouri Valley tournament's going on right now, and you have anything to be sad about? Arch Madness. And you know what? I want to give a shout out. I want to have him on the podcast here. The head coach of Bradley High School. You thought when I wrote Bradley that I had been chatting with Bradley, the Bradley Braves head basketball coach. Which is so coach. ironic because Bradley's currently playing Loyola yeah. as, as we're speaking. Yeah, they're playing Loyola. Brett Norris, shout out our guy, Hilliard Bradley, go Jags. And uh, he's a tremendous high school basketball coach. He has, count them, four sons that are all playing the game. And he's two for two at getting his own boys to Division I basketball. Keaton is a freshman, Wright State. They moved on, so he was just checking out Wright State in the Horizon League. They're going to play Cleveland State coming up here. And it's in Indianapolis. It'll, move to, it'll yeah. move to Farmers. You ever been there? The smaller gym? I've heard of Indy? it. I, I've never been to it, no, but I've heard of it. It seems more like a fairgrounds type of spot. Yeah. Where you might, you know, catch some rodeo instead <laughs> of basketball on those weekends. Good, it's a pretty good location for those yeah. type of games, though. No, I mean, with every going everything going on in India right now, you got the women's for the uh, the Big Ten going on. You have the combine wrapping up. And then now you're just going to have the Horizon League kind of sliding on in there, too. S- slide on into the Indies. Sliding on into the Indies, the horizon. And then uh, he's got the the older boy, the oldest. Braden is a really good player. Double-digit score, four or five assists per game. He's the floor general for the Loyola Ramblers. So, yeah, Brett's kids, uh, Keaton at Wright State and Braden at Loyola. Two more coming. They say the youngest, who's in sixth grade might now, might even be the best of all four of them. Just He's got those three older brothers that are all playing the game so well. So, it's natural, but I, you talk about a guy who's enjoying madness, right? I mean, you're, you're watching a game on one night, hopping on a plane or I don't I could, could drive it, I guess, heading out to St. Louis, which I've heard so many great things. We've talked about this on previous pods, conference tournaments that we would love to check out. If we had the whole week off, or if we just could take this podcast on the road and focused a hundred percent on it just to be setting up at Arch Madness. That'd must be, be the, nice. Must be nice. It'd be the number one mid-major tournament, right? To sort of slide into the big week next week. I think so. Um, Are you discluding the ones that are happening next week, the small tournaments? Yes. Okay. I'm saying if you're uh, taking yeah, this week, yeah, yeah. because, yeah, some small conference tournaments go next week and they have to go up against the Power Five, or, you know, the Power Conferences. But when you look at the quality of the teams in the Missouri Valley, it's it's just really good ball. It really is. It's a you know great what? league. It was more in I would say the last decade or so, but it's kind of eh, it's it's kind of iffy right now. But eh, that's still good. There's still a good top. Still good four this year between Missouri State, Loyola, uh, Drake, and Northern Iowa. It's, it's a pretty good top four this year, but it's it's much better than last year. I would give you because I I we've talked about this before. I see the A ten is still like a more classical league that's and you could even argue I think the Missouri Valley against the A10 in some years but for the most part 
those Eastern Seaboard schools, they got some history. They got some tradition to them. A lot of them can play. You got a guy like Fats Russell, you know, coming from that league, going to Maryland, and a lot of other guys like him. But I might give you a West Coast Conference this year would possibly be ahead. I mean, when it starts, it starts with Gonzaga, obviously, but you even go to St. Mary's and San Francisco and BYU. They're it's, getting to be it's pretty very good. very weird because that tournament doesn't sound as much like a tournament. It's almost kind of like a battle royale. It's almost like WrestleMania where you're just adding another team to the mix mm-hmm. each each day. And mm-hmm. it's, like, it's like a ladder to the end. Like if you're the one and two seed between St. Mary's and Gonzaga, you play one game and you're in the title game. What are you excited for right now, though? I, I'm kind of excited for this weekend because you're getting the ending of a lot of these nice little tournaments. Like the OVC, we'll get to finish up on that. Hopefully it's a, it's a Belmont-Murray State uh, re- reunion on that one. Uh, obviously, Arch Madness with the Missouri Valley is always a good one. I'm keeping an eye on though is the Big South because it's been a very, very intriguing tournament to this point because we've already had four overtime games. The number one seed escapes Longwood against NCANT. Oh, Longfellow Wood. <laughs> it was uh that got a little sketchy there for a second. It honestly could have could have created a pathway for a team like Winthrop to just run to the end. And one thing that we are going to do on this podcast as well as dip into the mid-major conference tournaments where we love the little guy here on this pod. Mid-major flavor. I've told you before when I had my college basketball dreams because I knew I was an idiot from an early age that would never be able to play organized sports past like freshman or JV level of high school. I tried to dream in like a real sense. So when I dreamed I wasn't playing for Duke cutting the nets down. When I dreamed I played for a mid-major and we lost eventually, but I had that agony of defeat three-second clip on one shining moment. That's what flashed through my dream. I'm playing for Weber State. Oh, like the <laughs> shot at the buzzer doesn't go in. But he left his he, – he played the game with passion. His heart and soul was just left out on the court. His jersey's pulled up in front of his face, and he's going home a loser after the first round. But it was so Speaking close. Speaking of Weber State, they're, they're a team that seems to do very well in their conference, but the issue is, is that, like, the top four or five of that conference are always, like, four or five lost teams. So you can't really tell who's going to come out on top. You like my Wildcats? I do, but I don't know if I like them like them. No, yeah. There's nothing to love this year. There's no Harold the Show, Arsenault. No. There's no uh, Jermaine Boyette on on this team. Yeah, so we will see. But lock it in right here. We're going to give you some wonderful college basketball content. It is the best time of the year right now. We're living in it. We are mad about this stuff. It's Mad About Hoops, episode number 61. Inbounds Turner, left side of the backcourt. Turner crossed the timeline, throws it from high on the right. He, he makes it! He hit it, Evan Turner! It. He hit it just inside of half court! Leans on the other wing. He finds oh! 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 Send it in, Jerome! Oh! <laughs> College basketball! This is March Madness! Yes, it is. Thank you so much, Gus. It just gets more fitting by the day when we can hear our podcast open roll throughout this month. And we're going to overtime in Lexington. In Charlotte, North Carolina at the Big South Tournament. (laughs) Yes, we are. You know, 
we've been talking these last few days. I've been trying to get you to read all the excerpts that have been out there about this Coach K book that's coming out. And it, it had me wondering, with Coach K having his day coming up here, final game at Cameron Indoor. Of course, it's North Carolina. Do you have the uh, the cheddar? Do you have the cash, by the way? Evil to go and you know pay for the two of us oh, to go and check what, out this what, game. Well, I don't know about two people. I saw. The, oh, but one. Number, you're, you're good with one the, though. Well, like you got the seven know. grand lying around to Is go. Is that and, what it's up to now? To go last time I looked. Last time I looked, it was uh, thirty nine hundred. So I mean, it's even gone up more since then. Well, must be nice to, you know, be able to buy a ticket for one for no, four thousand dollars and feel good about it. The closest I'm ever going to get the Cameron indoors is when I was standing outside peering through the window this past summer. You're so. going to go to a game. You're going to go to a game back down there. there. I mean, I've got plenty of friends that live down in North Carolina and right around the region of the oh, Research Triangle. Must be so not. Like, must be nice to well, have friends they're, in they're Carolina. Well, they're based at Fort Bragg, so it's uh, it's 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 kind well, of a, a nice little trip. We appreciate them. Yeah, I do remember whenever we would you know pick somebody up or come home from a trip at. RDU, I believe, Raleigh Durham International. Yes, yes. Art, why would it be called RDU? It's just airport codes are just so. Talk about the stupidest things ever. They don't make any sense. They're not actual acronyms, but yeah, you would hear that. All you would always hear that. Like if you are heading that way, heading to any of the military bases in the state of North Carolina, would you please, you know, offer and give a ride? Would have done that if I was ever going down towards Fayetteville, North Carolina, but I lived five minutes away from the airport there, which is super convenient. And it's a wonderful place. Everybody, you know, everyone knows about Tobacco Road with North Carolina and Duke being eight miles apart. And then little brother NC State is in the mix there too. And Kevin Keats is coming back, but you got a new coach with with Hubert Davis at North Carolina, this is just also fascinating, right? It's it's just an interesting time to be a college basketball fan. I do feel like we're sort of in this spot here with head coaches where there aren't like the hottest guys who were the home run hitters, right? They're your top 10 coaches in the game who everyone agreed on. They're getting kind of long in the tooth, you know? And even like you, you go to Bill Self, and Bill Self's got some NCAA issues pointing at him. Sure, nothing will probably ever happen, but they're taking <laughs> a look. That's why you signed the contract that says yeah. you can't come after me if they find anything. But am I wrong with that? Do you know what I'm trying to say? Like, you got Mark Few it and is, no, Self and Jay Rice, but who's in the middle there? Who's in the that's, middle? That's younger that's than those it. guys that are red hot, and we know we can bank on them going forward. Uh, I think Eric Musselman can get there. You do? And he's, he's doing pretty well with the program down there. I mean, that, that's a program Arkansas that back in, like, Late eighties, mid nineties, like was really, really hot in yeah. the game. Like if he can get them back up there, they will fill that arena, which is also a very big arena. I think it's up there in terms of seating up there with Value City Arena. When I was looking at the, the capacity numbers, yeah, it's it's too, pretty big. It's too big. It's too well, big. They pack it though. That's the difference. Um, Are they really? Oh yeah. Oh yes. Especially for the Auburn and Kentucky games this year. Yeah. But average for the season. I don't care about a game uh, or two because we can do that at Ohio State. That's not the problem. I can That's look what your at, average I can look at the, the averages, but from photos I've seen throughout the year, people posting it, it's pretty packed. Oh, good for them. You know, and that's SEC country too. Yeah, of so course. That's showing something. Why couldn't we do it here in Columbus then? <laughs> they can do it down there. Uh, in terms of I mean, Chris Beard, if he gets it back to where he was with Texas Tech, I that's, think that's, with Texas. That's my favorite name. Like that. That is kind of my guy too because Shaka he kind of fizzled out Brad Stevens went to the NBA and he's not even coaching now now he's doing the prez thing I just trying to think ACC I mean uh, ACC, I, don't, I don't know who? man I don't, I don't think Tony I Tony Bennett Tony, yeah you got to give Tony Bennett his due I mean come on like what he's done winning conference championships winning a title 
Yeah, but that's really the only one I can think of in that conference. But also, if you don't make the tourney, hot guys at big programs, they never miss the tournament, you know? You never miss it. Or if you do, it's a rarity. It's like one in 15 years. We're talking Dukes, Kentuckys, Kansas, you know, that type of stuff. Right. I guess Coach Cal, you know, even Coach Cal, I'm saying, he's he's getting up there as well. But it's fascinating to see the, the changes happening at Carolina and Duke virtually at the same time. And for a, for a guy who is pretty fresh out of college covering the game in that area, covering John Shire on some of these teams, talk about a player that you loved as a reporter. And almost all of those Duke players were trained up like that. And they were one of the few programs that I've had ties with that gave you that much access to their players. Usually you got to twist some arms for guys to give you players for phone interviews for traditional sports talk radio, right? Right. Because there might be some iffiness as to what are you going to ask them? What are you going to talk about with these guys? They're young kids, you know, 18 to 20 years old. We don't want you to rope them into saying something that could get them in trouble. But they always gave Duke players to do phone interviews with sports talk shows. And well, Shire least, was one they, of the good ones, I remember. They provided Wendell Moore when they came up here for uh, Duke, Ohio State. So that alone, I mean, some teams don't even offer players postgame. Did you guys they, get Wendell Moore on? Uh, not on, but he was like, he was at the podium when he, some teams don't even bring a player to the podium oh, for the post they'll, game. They'll kind of do like little pods with their own respective reporters outside of the, uh, the yes, locker room. And then for they'll, road games. they'll bring the coach into the value city, uh, press area, but no, they actually brought in a player and everything. And it, Wendell Moore went for a long time. Do you know how they did post game at Duke? Like if you go and cover a game at Cameron indoor? No, I never heard about that. Open locker room, just straight up open locker room. You just head on in. Wow. You know, you would have a little 10-minute cooling period, right? I can't remember which was first. And again, I was there from 07 to 11. I don't know how if it's still done this way. But honestly, you do talk about, and you experienced it with Coach K and Duke coming here to the shot. When you're a kid growing up loving the game, and, you know, you for me, you can remember one of your earliest college basketball memories is being in the living room. I don't even know where my dad was. I like to think he was out with some buddies drinking beers and watching the same game I was, but I'm trying to stay up late. My mom's letting me watching Christian Leitner hit the shot, you know, in the early 1990s, Duke and Kentucky. But when you get to be a reporter and you're kind of in your young 20s and it's your time where the mic comes around to you to ask Coach K that first basketball question, you get chills. I mean, you get goosebumps. And... I mean, that's that's 10 years ago now, and he'd already been 30 years into a Hall of Fame career when I got there. Like, that's the kind of weight he carried. My my one quick story on that, there was one, like, younger student reporter that asked a question <laughs> about St. John's. Very typical, yes. All right? Mm-hmm. He or she asked a question about St. John's basketball, and... I don't remember exactly what the phrasing or how it went, but kind of stumbly, and you could tell that this person didn't know anything about what St. John's basketball really is. And they were kind of asked, they were kind of talking about their program name and stature and whatnot. And I think Coach K just used that as an opportunity. He probably saw how old the person was and took an opportunity to teach a lesson, and he kind of went went in on Really? Coach K, I've never heard uh-huh, him do that before. I know, I know. And it just was my it was my sole goal to rhyme there to not ever ask something stupid to anytime I open my mouth 
talking basketball or asking a question. I knew what I was saying. I sounded like I was informed and knew the game because St. John's did, you know, he, he asked him like, do you know Mullen? Do you know Carneseca? He was like rolling off St. John's names. And I just kind of said, Oh God, put this kid in a body bag. <laughs> like they're never going to come back to the Cameron again. I'd rather go cover men's golf or something, but it's uh it's crazy, man. 42 years. Coach K going to ride off into the sunset this weekend. Last, last ride at Cameron. Yeah. You know, this is, this is a really funny topic because I, I hear people talk a lot about, well, you know, it, it doesn't always go great for Duke people in their last home games. And uh, a prime example of that was JJ Reddick. I think his senior year or his senior day game, they actually lost that. And you're talking about one of the most premier players of K's tenure. And it's the last time they've won a, uh, outright ACC championship. Let me ask you what you said back there. What's your just what's your overall respect level for Coach K? Because I get a little bit where you were going there. He can be that way. Yeah, and some no, people don't like that. But. I think it's acceptable to be a little bit annoyed with some things he does. I think the the prime example to me is the setting the example with Dylan Brooks, the teaching moment he did against Oregon in the tournament years back. Uh, even when you're talking about this game and what's building up to it and all the, the headlines going out and the commercials and everything, people are starting to get annoyed by that. And then you have the story about him requesting to be in the Midwest region so that he can play back at home in Chicago. Like, little stuff like that, it's totally understandable to be annoyed by because, quite honestly, myself, I'm annoyed by it. But at the same time, you got to respect how he's so good at recruiting, how he can pitch to players, how he puts players in good positions to win. And how he can sometimes take teams that maybe he doesn't have the best talent at. Some obviously he's been recruiting five stars for recently the past decade plus really well. But even when he hasn't had the best talent, he's gotten the most out of them. For one, I don't think it's possible to be at Duke to build them into what they are. They've been a villain in college basketball for so long. And why is that? It's because you win, right? It's because you win big. And you create that kind of rep, and you get these players in there that are so tough-minded. People used to hate do UCLA. Anything. Now you don't hear anything about it. No, go no. figure. You don't hear anything about UCLA. But the Dylan, the Dylan Brooks thing, you didn't like that, huh? No, I just kind of. He's felt not like- a certain level of coach where, even because it looked like Dylan Brooks took to it. It looked like the actual player himself. I I know. Took to it. I would think if you're a basketball player and you don't even play for them, you would respect anything that that guy has to say no, because I, of his effect I on the game. Be, I think you can respect it and then also be annoyed by his like holy thou like nature to himself, where he thinks he knows everything. While he quite honestly does, if we're we're being honest with ourselves in terms of the game of basketball. It just it. I think people as we get annoyed when people think of themselves like that. I do. I get where you're coming from. I just, I try to let a guy who has done that much, he he might think of it not as a holier than thou, but I owe it to a guy to give him just a piece of advice. And you can take it or not take it, you know? And I'm, I, I'm sure that was his mindset when he did it. I feel like there was something else around that incident that didn't come off looking great for him. Like it was, he said something in the post game that didn't actually line up with what video actually showed. Yeah. I might be thinking of another incident, but either way I have a, let me listen. I have a little thing of coach K. This was from just yesterday as he's getting ready for his last game at Cameron. 
there's so much about me, you know, that, but the moment is about us. And, uh, and so I want them to understand it's our moment. And it just happens to be in, in this situation. And for them, uh, uh, you know, not to play because it's coach's last game, but to play because, you know, we should want to win. And uh, so I'll try to get that message across to them. Uh, actually, I said that to my staff this morning. I said, who would have ever thought? It's my senior day. And, uh, uh, well, I, I won't be concerned about me using up all my energy in warm-ups. Uh, so, uh, uh, you know, I, I've tried not to think about it that much, and, but I know it will be emotional. They need to have, like, Snoop Dogg or something come out there, some kind of party, like what Kansas did at their uh, Midnight Madness that oh, sort of backfired on them. But <laughs> Coach K's senior day, we well, did— Well, you know what? You're down in that region. There's a famous rapper from Fayetteville— J. Cole. There you go. J. Cole. Go for it. Didn't you go to J. Cole's house like a crazy house. person? You'll be you'll be surprised to find out that no one actually lives there anymore. It is actually owned by the US government. <laughs> Are you kidding me? I am not kidding you. The the United States government. There is a sign on one of the windows that says this is owned by the US government and is under 24-7 surveillance. Does it oh my God. So it really is like the fictional breaking bad house. Yes. Where Heisenberg yes. gets busted, the family has to move out, and then but it just turns know, into a boarded-up place where kids want to skateboard yes. in the pool in the backyard. What I didn't realize going there, though, is that people will take a Sharpie and they'll actually sign their name on the picket fence out front. Did you do it? No, I didn't know. I did not know. That was a rookie move. I, I have people that still live in Fayetteville, so when I go back there next time, you know, I'll make sure I have one. There ain't going to be any room left. To there, sign your there name. There really wasn't. You might <laughs> no, have to like do it no. on like the edge at the top of it. Oh my gosh. So Coach K stepping down. Uh farewell. 42 years of Duke basketball. I I can't freaking believe that John Shire. How many times did we have a conversation about who do you see following up Coach K? And we would talk about this five years ago. We'd try to play it out. Like, Occasionally. With Brad Steve. It was always yeah. Brad Stevens, right? Like, he's going to wait. He's going to keep doing his thing at Butler or go to the NBA and then possibly go back to college basketball to do it at Duke. You just, you would think that you would go out and get, you know, the best name in basketball because Coach K wasn't a Duke guy when they brought him in, but he's a dude that's going to keep it in house and keep it in the family expected for every single one of these jobs. But, but at the same time, we just heard Jim Beheim this week talk about, there's already a successor plan and place for him. I'm not going to tell you what it, it is, but there is. Yeah. But that's funny. You'll enough. have to hire me if you want to know. <laughs> but, <laughs> but the thing about it is, is that when we were talking about this five, six, seven years ago, we always had the envision of, okay, who's going to be the hot name around that time. And they're going to time it out perfectly to land that job. And what we've just kind of real, didn't realize at the time, but they're going to kind of groom their own type of guy that they want to fill that role. And as you've mentioned, I think on the previous podcast about the, the book coming out on Coach mm -hmm. K, how he actually wanted, if they were going to hire Amaker, he wanted to come back for a year on the bench to kind of get a sense of what it's like to run that program and for at least one more year. It sounded like from that excerpt, it didn't really, with the way that it was worded, it was hard to tell if it was 100%. I don't know if that was officially offered, you know, or where it was said, like, if you want this, you would have to come back. 
I would I, I would got, assume I that's a, it's true. I would assume that's an offer in that statement right there where right. look, you can come back, but I'm gonna have to kick another guy off the bench. Would you want me to do that? It almost sounds like a aren't you happy at Harvard type of thing. Like no official welcome, like, hey, come, I'll do this if you want it. It didn't sound like that to me. It sounded like Coach K had his guy, and for whatever reasons, character, what kind of young man he is, how he knows the game, X's and O's, what a player he was for him. He saw something from this Chicago kid, probably that too, that he's a Chicago kid little geographical bias for Coach K. Of course. And he just loved John Shire. Dude's rocking the glasses. And I just can't. I heard Andre Dawkins on a radio interview who was a teammate of his back around, you know, 09, 2010. And he said that uh, when he found out, you know, he just texted John Shire emojis. Like that was all it was. And he sent him like the mind blown emoji. And he didn't say like Shire responded in emojis as well. He didn't say what exactly they were, but there was some kind of line in that excerpt we read where Coach K asked him if, you know, what his thoughts would be about following me as the head coach. <laughs> what the hell do you think? What would you say if I'm Coach K and I say, Colin, uh, just want to sort of pick your brain about something here. I'm just thinking, you know, down the line a year or two with what I might do personally. Colin, how would you feel? <laughs> About following me up at Duke, I wouldn't believe it. But if even if I believed it, I would uh, I'd be in shock because it's it's one of those positions in sports where you don't really realize it can be attainable until it is. And I I think Shire always kind of thought, you know, I'm going to be here. I'm going to be with Kay. We're going to have a good time. And I don't think ever in the back of his mind he truly was thinking about getting that job until it was offered to him. Yeah, Kay, I think I'd feel pretty good about it. No, I think of it course. sounds nice. Of course. Sounds nice, Coach K. Yeah, being the next head coach at Duke. I think I feel pretty good about it. Are you offering? Yeah, I think I'll I think I'll accept. I think I'll do it. I mean, sure, it's gonna bring some pe- some pressure and it'll be a little bit crazy, but just to think about all the things in the universe that had to align for you to follow in his footsteps with this program that he has built there. It's well, I mean, just, just think of all the good, nuts. just think of all the good assistance he's had. I mean, yeah, yeah. you, you kind of just had to be there at the right time. Freaking nuts, man. So I want to give you a chance here before we go. Small conference tournaments, man. There's a lot that you're looking at. There's a lot that you're excited about right now. Yeah. So I already told you about March or arch madness and then the, the, the big South tournament. There's going to be a few starting up this weekend, and then we'll kind of get deep into the weeds of the higher mid-majors, like the A-10 and whatnot, mid to li- mid- middle of next week. Um, I I think, honestly, the A-10 is the one I'm going to be looking at the closest because... What about Dayton, baby? Man, Dayton is... Fa- Had a good season. Dayton's fascinating, but they also scared the living daylight out of you because they, they can pull out a stinker like they did against LaSalle let last me, weekend. Yeah, let me rephrase. They had a good conference season because they were, well, and they beat Kansas, but they were they wacky. They lost to UMass Lowell. Oh, they lost like two or three in a row. Austin P. Yeah. And yeah, it was it was really Two or bad. three in a row at UD Arena that they never lose. No, and which is re- if you realize what the team was this year, they knew they were very freshman laden. Like they have, I think like 10 freshmen or something like that. Just a ton of wow. them. So they, yeah. they had a really slow start and then they pull off that upset of Kansas. I think that's really what all people 
remember remember them as. But then at the same time, you've got a Davidson team I don't think a lot of people were talking about because they lost Kellen Grady to Kentucky. Well, they lost Steph, too. Steph's gone. Quite a while ago. But, uh, no, they have a really good team. Uh, they brought in Foster Lawyer from Michigan State. They're the uh, I, I think they're going to be the one seed in that tournament. And then you've got a team that's kind of disappointed. You thought they would be at least an at-large team and St. Bonaventure. They've got a, a lot of good players, but they don't play a lot of bench guys, so they just give their starters about 35, 36 minutes a game. You go back to that Big South real quick. What uh, I know there's there's a team there that we're really used to seeing around March, and that's Winthrop. I can just see their logo. It's just kind of burned into my memory. Yeah, so Winthrop kind of went through a little bit of a change this year. So their head coach took the College of Charleston job in the offseason, so they... You didn't really know what you were gonna get with them. Uh, they actually have the Player of the Year. DJ Burns is uh, the guy, the Player of the Year in that conference, and really, it's between them and Longwood. Like I, I think, if you were to pick a champion from this conference, you wouldn't have to overthink it. Longwood went fifteen and one in the conference, and I think uh, Winthrop went fourteen and two. So it was pretty much a top-heavy league. All right, so quizzing you. Oh boy! One of the best parts about small conference tournaments as a basketball fan, right, is quizzing yourself on the geographical locations of all the universities. This, and I'm not Isn't gonna it? Get, I'm not going to get them. But we'll do try. You not, you don't know Winthrop? Oh, you're asking me where Winthrop is. Yeah, do you know oh, Winthrop? I got a shirt from Winthrop. It's Rock Hill. Oh, that's very yes, good. You yes. got the city, too. City and state. Yeah. Bonus points for the city. Stayed one night in Rock Hill, South Carolina. Oh, boy. Spent a, <laughs> spent a month there don't one weekend. I, don't know if I need to do it again. The dark street corners of Rock Hill, South Carolina. Man could get anything he needs in Rock Hill, South Carolina. <laughs> you get rocked. I think it's there. the home of Jadavion Clowney. Oh, sure it is. The home of Bob Hope as well. Yes, that's right. And making stuff up. High Point. <laughs> Where's High Point? Where I'm looking at the Big South uh, now. I know High Point's in North Carolina. It is. It is. Tubby Smith is it, just stepped down. I should know this because I lived in that state. Is there? Do you think? I'm going to type it in. Do you think it's in a town called High Point? I thought it was. High Point University is in High Point, North Carolina. Yeah. Don't outthink it. But what is that close to? Like, what bigger city would that one be oh, close geez. to? Um, is it in, like, the Greensboro? Is it in the Winston-Salem, Charlotte, or Raleigh-Durham area? I should remember this because, I I mean, I drove through the state last uh, summer. You know what? It's actually kind of in between. You got Winston-Salem to the west on I-40. Yes. You got Greensboro. You know, if you're starting Winston-Salem, you head east on I-40. Then you hit Greensboro, then RDU. Or Raleigh Durham. Did a little Chapel Hill. did a little turn around Winston Salem and then did a straight shot down the coast. There you go. Yeah. So it's kind of in between Winston and Greensboro and a little bit to the south. So that's where it is. Yeah, that sounds about right. In high point. Do you know where Longwood is? The the good team. In See, the, big the problem south. is is you've told me this before and I just don't remember it. Uh hmm. Well, you know it's gotta be somewhere. It, it's we're dealing that, with North Carolina, South Carolina teams here. You're right. So make an educated guess. Where's Longwood? I'm going to guess, is it like in the Pembroke region? Pembroke? Yeah. Is that all? I don't know. Of, of North Pembroke? Is it North no, Carolina? That's in North Carolina. I know there's UNC Pembroke, so I would assume I North was, Carolina. I was thinking in the area of there in North Carolina. That'd be weird if they had a UNC college that went across the state border, right? That would be pretty funny. We're, that seems like a very UNC thing to do, <laughs> where we would send a, a school to South Carolina and pay for it. <laughs> we'll pay the South Carolina government money. Is that an ego thing? Name. Yeah. No, 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 man. Longwood is in Farmville, Virginia. 
Oh, okay. Yeah, I was which to Virginia for, for is, a second. Which is really in the middle of nowhere, Virginia. It's actually not too far away from a little town and a place called Fork Union, where Fork a lot of Union football players go. Yeah. Yep. A lot of Ohio State Buckeyes that are famous. Eddie George. Michael Cardale Thomas. Jones. Cardale. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Were Cardale and Michael Thomas there at the same time? I believe they were. Yeah. So you're you're talking about I'm trying to see like where Charlottesville is. It's it's about maybe an hour west of Lynchburg. Forty minutes, thirty minutes. I'm sorry, an hour east of Lynchburg, 30 or 40 minutes east of Appomattox, which is where the documentation and the final surrender of the Civil War took place at Appomattox Courthouse. Oh, wow. That's my Virginia history there from growing up in that state. Well, I was about to say, having you grew to up know there, that you stuff. should know that. Not yeah. Me. Yeah, that's where Robert E. Lee went in there with his tail between his legs, <laughs> and the Virginians never got over it, as you can see. Oh <laughs> Nor did the rest of the South. But Lynchburg is a Liberty University. Yes. That's where the flames are. So there you go. You know, uh, in closing here, are you like me where you feel the itch to play a lot of basketball this time of year? I I, I can't get enough. I want to take a boy. Warmer, and, when it gets warmer. And we've um, had some of that. Yeah. When I'll, I'll get the... Uh, I don't know what you call it, the brand, but the, the mini hoop you hang up on the door. I've got one of those. The skills? Yeah, yeah. There yeah. you go. Um, I they got, got a monopoly on that mini hoop, don't they? They do. They're good. They do. They're very good. They got the breakaway rim. They do have it. <laughs> yes, yes, I know. I'm, I'm just I doing like all kinds of, I'm, all kind yeah. of dunks. Um, <laughs> yeah, no, I, I definitely have wanted to. I think this is a very good weekend, too, especially with uh, it being warm, mixing it in between watching the OVC final and uh, getting some shots up. Absolutely. Indoor and outdoor guy, if you had your way. If I have my way, I'm going indoor with a wood, uh, a wood floor. But I mean, I'm, I'm dumb, okay outside. It was a dumb question, yeah, wasn't it? Yeah. yeah. I mean, what a fucking dumb question. <laughs> <laughs> Why would you? Would you play? I mean, it's nice to be out in the weather. If it's a nice day, if you cannot find a gym inside, but I'm not trying it's to play. It's good to be no, out I'm there. To, I'm not trying to play when I got a five mile per hour crosswind coming across the right. Yeah. Right. You get the slight drizzle. I still remember Nick Stauskas posting up that social media video of him hitting like 93 out of 100 threes in a drizzle outside. That's impressive. <laughs> That's what those guys can do, right? We take Justin Ahrens to a closed environment. He ain't going to have a shooting problem anymore. He'll make like 85 threes out of 100. If we just catch and shoot, throw him nice crisp chest passes. Might need to do that a little bit more. We, yeah. might, we <laughs> might, yeah. And if he pump fakes, you you shock him. Electric shock if he pump fakes. That's what we do. The Justin over under uh, six and a half pump fakes on a uh, Sunday. <laughs> well, I don't think he's going to be in enough, even though there's only eight bodies. You're over hit on the uh, spin passes into the lane. The uh, spin passes into the post. Well, you said it too low. You have one yeah. and a half. Yeah, the, the spin pass into the post. Love it, man. He loves doing it, man. Pump fakes and spin passes. Oh, boy. I cannot believe it. We are still, as we're recording, T minus nine days away from the big day. Selection. Yeah, I can't wait, man. I'm going to be sitting on the couch with a blank bracket in front of me, writing it down with my notes and everything. And then, uh, you know, it's time to go into anal, uh, analytic mode. Analytic mode. Yep. We'll be anal, too. What? We'll be that and analytic. So I'm we'll trying be, to be careful. We'll but. be both. Yeah. We'll be both of those things. All right, Colin. Good stuff, my man. 
Anything else? No, that's about it. Uh, like I said, if you get the Murray State Belmont matchup, make sure to tune in. Although I can't guarantee you it will mm. be within a twenty-point game because uh, Murray State kind of destroyed them last time. Fighting Jaws against the Bruins. So uh, go yeah. Belmont, baby. Love those guys. I'm up for it. All right, we will see you guys next time. Keep enjoying the madness. Watch as much basketball as you can. If your eyes aren't bleeding, you have not watched enough. We will see you next time. Thanks for listening here to Mad About Hoops.